everyone and welcome to an episode of Muddy Musings, our first of the year being recorded live, well for one of us, from Australia. And I've been attending the Australian Open in case you hadn't guessed, it's Claire here. Um, and I've been hanging around the Australian Open hoping to bump into our favourite guy. Alas, he's played so many five set matches, he's spent all the other time in his bed and I've not had the chance yet, but I'm hoping I'll be able to quite soon. And I'm joined today by Peter and Scott. Hi guys. Hello. Yeah, to be fair to be fair though you know you know I'm not I'm not I'm not tired I'm excited because we are in the presence of a celebrity really Peter right we, we've got mm-hmm. the, you you you're the celeb <laughs> you're the you're, you're the woman of the hour right you're the um because, you know, Claire's, Claire's now been out there. How, how long have you been out in Australia for now? Is it a week? Have you been out there for? Or is it... Three weeks. Three. Wait, oh, yeah, of course, because you flew out, right, you know, right before. Yeah, of course you did. You flew out on, like, New Year. My goodness, I'm way yeah. off base. And how, how much longer are you out there for? You're out there for another... Um, like... We've only got nine days left. So we're, we're basically, we're here until Monday the 30th. So until the end of the Australian Open. Sure, right. So you've got right up until Andy wins the title, is what you're saying. Yes. Right? Right, yeah. Okay. That's the right. plan. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you know what? Like me and Peter definitely have our own kind of experiences of watching Andy's two matches at the Australian Open so far. But Claire, you do need to kind of, you know, talk us through, you know, what your experience is like of being on the tournament just generally so far. Um, yeah. And then, of course, talk us through, you know, what it was like to be in the stadium for both of Andy's matches so far, although I, I do know the second match because of the timing of it. Like, I don't know, Peter, Peter, did you did you manage to watch the entire match? Like, or was there a time where you were like, I need to cut out for a wee bit here because six hour match. Like, I wasn't was going to admit it, but I fell asleep. No, like, yeah. it no, was, that's fair. <laughs> but the fourth set, like it was about like 7.30 or eight. Like I took naps. And I, like, had slept through most of the day. Like, I've been on, quote-unquote, Australian Open time forever mm-hmm. now. But I just yeah. I just couldn't do it. No. Yeah, you're... It was you're, brutal. You are not alone. When we're, getting to, when we're getting to tennis matches of, like, six hour-long matches, there's very few people, like... And, and, you know, obviously that then brings about the debate of whether or not tennis should be going on for five sets and six hours and things like that. Um, but we won't get into that right now because we're on a high. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, I I didn't manage to watch the entirety of the thing because like life, right? Like, we, don't have, like, we can't watch the entirety of a six-hour match. We just don't have time to do that. Um, but I, I saw a huge, huge amount of it. Um, and yeah, like it was it was some experience. However, that I think me and Peter's experiences of watching his two matches so far will pale in comparison to your experience, Claire, of being there. So yeah, talk it through, talk it through what your kind of experience has been at the tournament so far. So yeah, so it's been, I mean, it's been amazing. The the only the only issue I do have with the Australian Open is the fact that there isn't a curfew, but they stop mm. the public transport. At one a.m., so that's that's a problem. Like, yes. you see, if the public transport still ran, not having a curfew, it wouldn't bother me at all. You could just stay there until five in the morning if you wanted. Um, mm-hmm. But the public transport stops at one, and if you don't, or if you're like quite far out of the city, there's no way, mm. like, for you to get home. Or rather, other than get an Uber or wait for God knows how long for a taxi. So like, that's problematic. But like you said, we're on a high, so let's not talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Not. Much. 
um so I went to I went to the opening day um I just decided on Monday to get myself a grounds pass okay. um and Emma Canu was playing and she was on uh, one of the outside courts which was amazing so I was like oh that's perfect like I'll just she was on the first match on so I got myself in there nice and early got my seat I was like right that's it I've got my good seat I'm not moving um and it was like the state now normally when you look around the courts especially for the first match of the day like the 11 o'clock match you've got like a handful of people in various mm-hmm. sections if it's a court it's not got big seats around it there'll be just people standing um but the seats the courts have got seats there's usually big gaps and what have you this was full from 11 a.m really? um, 1573 court like everyone wanted in to see Emma uh, mm. so she had an amazing support the crowd was brilliant she played really well and it was just it was so nice to actually because I've, I've not seen Emma play in person before obviously mm. um, so that was really cool to get to see her and then I just spent the rest of the the Monday kind of floating around going from various court to court to just kind of catch a few bits and pieces of players and I mean, if you ask me to tell you who else I saw, I can't do that. I'm afraid. <laughs> you were soaking in the atmosphere. You were soaking. Because I was, that. I was, and um, and Owen from Tennis and Bagels was yeah. there as well. So mm-hmm. got to catch up with Owen, and we just kind of mooched around, and we had the worst tacos that we've ever had in our life. Like, not a shout out to the Australian Open Taco Provider. <laughs> Your tacos are terrible. <laughs> I love, I love, I love how not we are. We're, we're, we're on a high, we're on a high about Andy, but we've insulted Australian public transport, we've insulted Australian, you know, the taco joint at the Australian Open. We're going well here, we're going well. But continue, Claire, continue. So, so yeah, so that was, that was my Monday. I didn't stay all day because um, I had to get home for a family dinner. So, right. that, so that was Monday, which was really good. And then Tuesday, that was a big one. Andy was playing um, and... He was the third match on Rod Laver, I think. Yes, I think he was. Yeah, he was. He was the third match. And I'm so I'm trying to remember, desperately trying to remember who was on before him. So Caroline Garcia was the match immediately before Andy. Um, And I can't remember who, but I can't remember who was on before Garcia. But it was the, the heat was insane. On Tuesday, it was th- it was like thirty eight degrees, which means on court, like actually on Rod Laver proper, it would have been about forty five degrees because like there's no there's no wind flow. You're just you're yeah. basically just stuck in a basin. Um, and I thought I'd been dead smart because I was like, right, I had a look at the seating mat, and I was like, right, okay, where do I want to sit? Right, okay, I want to be sitting opposite the player benches so that like I can see them when they're sitting down. I can see Andy's reactions and stuff. Um, but I want to be on the lower tier as well, but not right at the front because you can't get as good a view. I want to be kind of like halfway up the lower tier. So I thought I'd pick myself the perfect seat. And then I noticed the night before during Nadal's match that the seat that I had picked was right in the, the sun. Like there was oh. absolutely oh. zero shade. Oh, God, it's not looking Exactly good. where the sun was hitting was those the two blocks of where my seat was. Mm. So... When um, when I got in, I think I missed the first match. Um, I did. I missed the first match. That's why I can't remember who was playing. I missed the first match because I was taking my kids and my husband down to St Kilda to drop all. We were staying there for a few days, so we went down there to drop all of our stuff off, and then I went back 
into the city to go to the tennis. Um, so I got there for Garcia's match and literally the minute I sat down in my seat, the sweat was just running out of me. I felt mm-hmm. like I was being cooked. It was unreal. <laughs> so I don't know how they were feeling on the court. It must have been unbearable. Um, luckily at that point when Garcia was playing, I say luckily, it was a bit, it's obviously a bit shit for her. There weren't very many people in Road Labour, but I think it was down to the heat more than anything. Uh, so there were quite a few empty seats. So I moved round to sit in the shades, um, which was still hot, but obviously I didn't have the sun beating down on me. And I was like, right, I'll just stay here until someone comes and says, this is my seat. Can you move? Until somebody moves um, you out, yeah. Yeah, so that was fine for the whole of her match. Mm. And then when her match finished, it, went, it was over quite quickly. I went downstairs to get some water and just like, t- top up my water bottle, grab something to eat. Came back in for Andy's match and they closed the roof. They closed the roof. Thank God. I was I've never been so relieved to see that roof getting closed. Mm-hmm. So the girl had said to me, like one of the stewards, she was like, Oh, they're going to turn on the aircon in a minute and hopefully it'll start to circulate around the arena. So it was still pretty hot in there, but it was much better than what it had been. Um mm-hmm. and that's when I heard they delayed all the play on the airports as well, because it was just I just I don't know how they can expect expect players to to play in that. Even like for Garcia's match, I was surprised that they let them go on, mm. um, unless they asked her and uh, she was okay like prior yeah. to to the match finishing. So anyway, so that was that. So Mori played bizarrely because you never really expect it on a sunny day. You don't expect it to be like that. You kind of forget because it doesn't get that hot at Wimbledon. You know, you don't get to like 40 degrees at Wimbledon. So bizarrely, on a gloriously sunny day in Australia, Andy Murray played under the roof of Rod Labour. Yes, yeah. You know, and and because I'd been in with the roof open just 15 minutes before and then came back into the roof closed, the air immediately feels different. Like I I finally get it now about... The players saying like when they're actually like when they have to have the roof closed while they're playing, the difference different, it makes different game, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I find oh, it because yeah. the, the air changes so much. Um, but luckily, like Murray, obviously he hadn't even been on, so him and Matteo came out, uh, and he was like, so I, from where I was sitting, so I'd gone back to my my seat that I'd bought, and I could see the player entrance. So right, like they right, had the right. light shining and I could see him walking down the steps. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, there he is right there. Mm. He comes out and yeah, he's a big, big, big cheer for him. But I forgot how popular Mateo is in Australia. I mean, because I would say yeah. it was like 60-40 in right. favour of Mateo. Mm. The crowd was definitely louder for him. I was going off my head for Andy. Mm. Uh, and there was a guy sitting like in front of me and he like, he was obviously like, who is this mental Scottish person? Like, he's not even started playing yet, and she's already losing her voice. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that match against Mateo was, it was insane, absolutely insane. I couldn't I actually couldn't believe what was playing out before me. Like, see, right. those first two sets, could anyone believe that? Did we actually expect it to be, and it'd be two sets up? But I was so convinced. It was playing so well. And he was so fired up. He's turned around to the to Ivan and he's fist pumping. He's like, I've got this. 
sure. that I was like, this is going to be, I'm going to be out here. And it, like, it started exactly. the third day. I was like, I'm going to be out here in an hour, easily. Yeah. Did you and make dinner reservations, right? I, I so, so Stan's texting me while the match is going on. And he was like, oh, um, do you want to book this place for dinner? They've mm. only got 6.30 or 7.45. So this was at like, this was like half past three, maybe <laughs> quarter past three, right? And um, the third like, set's just the third set's literally just starting, I think. And I was like, I think we're, I think I'm gonna be out of here by five. Geez. I'm gonna be out of here by five. By sure. five. So I was like and, um, and Andy and then, Andy and Andy at that point heard you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but there was what? also something in my head that was like, do not book that 6 30 slot for dinner because you're not gonna make it. Yeah. So I was like, I said Stan's like, look. I think I probably will be back, but just to be on the safe side, I'm going to book 7.45 just in case. Yes. And I made that 7.45 dinner reservation by the literal skin of my teeth. Nice. <laughs> like, I had to run out of Rod Labour. I, I, I managed to, I don't know how I managed to get to the front of the taxi queue. I think I timed it just right. Got out, got to the taxi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you need, you need, you need to do, drop me off straight at this place. And I, I got there at seven forty-four. Jeez, I mean, I mean that's <laughs> legend. That's that's, that's <laughs> the intuition that you need as a as a Murray fan. Because I mean, I mean, shall we? Shall we? Yeah, I mean, let's 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 talk briefly let's talk about, about the match. Yeah, let's let, let's talk briefly about it. I mean, obviously, we'll uh, we'll 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 probably delve more into the detail of like the uh, the match that he played um, last night, but. Like this, the 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 Berrettini match it seems like it bizarrely happened like, like a, a year ago almost because of what I heard since then. Um, but um, I mean, I, I so so my my experience is obviously very different to what to 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 Claire's experience of watching. I, I I I I it was my first time in a in a good while waking up at like um the three a.m. to watch Andy, and little did I know that. Uh, come eight o'clock in the morning, that is when <laughs> the match would finish. Um, Brooks, what was it? It was four hours and forty nine minutes, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. So I would, let, let's say five hours. Let's just round that up to 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 round five. Uh, it was like, I mean, yeah. So I mean, clearly, you, you 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 kind of you kind of summarized it well there. The first two sets, I think we're all thinking it's going well, it's going swimmingly, it's going fantastic. And um, you know, I we're all feeling great, we're all feeling wonderful, but. I mean, at the same time, did we all did, like Claire? You said that you thought you were like, "Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be over in trade. Did we really think that though? Like, come on now. Like, I hoped it. Yeah, <laughs> like we. I was like, it. okay, <laughs> you know, Mateo's not playing as well. His forehand wasn't firing in the first That's two, cool. and his serve wasn't effective against Murray's defense. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay. We're good. We're good. Yeah, but come on. You know now. me being but optimistic. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Come on now. Like, there's no way that Berrettini was giving away like the match in in that form. He was going to find something, and of course he did. He found some sort of form. I mean, did he? Andy had a break chance opportunity in the third, right? The start of the third, right? And if he'd taken that, we're thinking maybe maybe this is looking good for. Um, but then, I mean. Like so, when 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 Berrettini's coming back into it, taking the third, taking the fourth, Claire, like you're in the stadium. Are you thinking? Are you thinking? Are you seeing like a, a crushing heartbreak, a heartbreak loss uh, at, at that point? Is that is that what you're envisaging, or are you kind of, you know? So when 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 Berrettini took the third set, I was like, right, okay, okay, mm. and he's going to take the fourth. It's going to be fine. 
Yep. Right. But yeah, after after Berrettini took the fourth, I was like, I was honestly, I was starting to wonder. I was like, he's now got the momentum. Yes. You know, he's he's got this role of he's got the two sets under his belt. He was playing phenomenal, and every time, every single time, Andy had a break point or even just a chance to put him under pressure. Berrettini just served an ace. And yeah, he his just served. Yep. Was just so astronomically no, good. It's, it, so annoying. What what baffles me is, and I think I mean it's it's impressive, but how they can get to that point where they're like, oh, I'm just going to serve an ace now. Yeah. Like I've just decided I'm going to serve an ace now. So any time that he needed an ace, he did it. Like nine like nine times out of ten. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. something else with Berrettini. He doesn't fucking double fault. No, yeah. no, the man oh, doesn't, barely double faulted, yes, barely double You know, like, I think he had won the entire match. That because be every it. time he faulted on his first serve, I was sitting there like, he's got double fault, please go. <laughs> like, praying, <laughs> praying for a double fault, and he never did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, the, just be, you know, you had said about the Wimbledon match last year, Scott, about being in there and been able to fully appreciate as much as we don't like him as a player John Isner serves yes and I, that's how I, although I do like Matteo that's so it's a bit different but that's how I felt about watching Matteo on Tuesday like true you don't fully appreciate the power of that forehand mm-hmm. and that serve until you're watching in person and you can hear it yes it's like thunder his forehand mm-hmm. sounds like thunder it's just incredible yeah, just um, so yeah, I was starting to get a little bit worried. Mm. Um, but when the fifth set came round, Andy didn't look, and how like you can tell when Andy's like really down and out, you know, like the shoulder slump and yes. gets really dejected looking. He didn't look like that during the match at all. Like he looked pissed off. Mm. He was frustrated every time Berrettini hit an ace. He was like, "Fuck's sake!" Like, looking up at his box, and he's like, "What am I meant to do with that?" Yes. Um, but like he didn't look like a man who had accepted defeat, and I think yep. that's the that's the that's the, the the big thing. That's the main point. He didn't look like he'd accepted defeat. So then when the fifth set started, it was like he was like, "No, I'm I'm not going to lose this," and that you could tell Matteo was feeling the same in the fifth as well because they just weren't given neither of them was going to lie down. So when it went to that tie break. Like, oh my so, god, well, 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 so, so before, before, before we get to that though, like, I just need your, your, your thoughts, like, individually on uh, the, 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 the Berrettini match point because I don't, I mean, I'd, I'd like, oh, I mean, I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but like, no, like, like, there's part of me, and like, you know, obviously, I'm just like, there's. Like, because you watch this match point so like if you haven't seen it please go look it up listeners if you, if you didn't get a chance to see the Berrettini match point that he had like I like like and I need to stress like I'm not trying to say I'm good at tennis but like in, in, in a way part of me thinks I could have made the shot because it was like one of the easiest putaways for a professional tennis player right and of hadn't all, had Andy hit a poor shot to him Oh, it was so poor. It or was that. a drop shot, right? It was a drop yeah. shot. The, the the Andy drop shot. And at, at that point, I was like, oh my God, that is like watching the ball. Like, say, it was like, that is one of the worst drop shots I've seen. Yeah. And I think, I think what saved Andy really was the fact that he drop shotted 
to the Berrettini backhand. Yes, yes. and the backhand was so open, like cross court. I was like, oh shit. Yes, I I don't know about you guys, but my heart was like like dropped when it hit the net because I was just like, what? How? What the hell? Like, I think at that point that was when. So there was there was three people sitting behind me, um, a Scottish woman and I think I think it was her husband and like an Australian guy. They were the three of them were together. And it was at that point that the, the woman just, she lurched forward and she grabbed onto my shoulders and she was yes. like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> See, that, is the stuff, that is the sort of stuff that you only get uh, live in the crowd. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. I love that. But like, it was just like, like, like it was one of those moments, yeah, because Berrettini's backhand is by far and away his poorest shot, right? Like, yep. I don't know what it is. His, I bet the, uh, although I'll say the Berrettini slice backhand, like, phenomenally good. Uh, part of me thinks that Berrettini should have just sliced the, the backhand cross court to win the match. Um, but, I mean, yeah, that's what saved him, right? And then that happened. But I still wasn't ready to believe yet that, that Andy had won it, to be honest. Like, just because, you know, I think Andy had a game point after that and Berrettini fought it back to juice again. And I was like, oh, God, this is still like, you know, he's still, you know, not quite, you know, on top of it. Berrettini's still playing well. And then obviously, yeah, went to the tie break. And So that, that tie break, what I will say for you is for that tie break, and I said it in the article that I wrote for Popcorn Tennis, See, as soon as Andy got that mini break, Matteo served first. Mm. As soon as Andy got that mini break and then he consolidated it by winning both of his serve points, yes. I knew at that point, I was like, he's not going to lose this. Yep. That's it. He's, he's got it now. Because yep. you can see the way that he was looking over at the box. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he was like, no, this is mine. Mm-hmm. I'm not losing it. But then I did get worried again because all of a sudden it went from 6 2 yes. to 8 6. And I was yes. like, oh my God. Yes. I was Berrettini, like, do not go to 8 7. I swear. I swear Berrettini to God. Was still not willing to let it go. And he nope. still fought so unbelievably hard to come back into it. Um, and, and you know what? All the time, all the time. And I think I need to say this, like, you know, now, because we'll go on to talk about it even more uh, as we head on into discussion about uh, the second round. But uh, all, all the time I'm thinking like this, and I've mentioned it in a recent article that I wrote for Popcorn as well. Like this is the same Andy Murray who just a few months ago was cramping in third, third like the like best of three sets matches, first and second round. And that just yep. didn't didn't seem to be impacting him here um, in any kind of noticeable way, in any, like in any case. And I'm wondering, like, again, because I think it was made a discussion point. It's like, maybe the cramp, like, is, it's like a mental thing, maybe. I don't know. And now that Andy's... Really? Yeah, part, I think Andy's commented on it a wee bit as well. I think he said that, like, the body is very much in tune with the mind. Yes. And as soon as Andy's, like, feel something going, then he's like, oh, God, oh, God. And then it kind of starts. So, like... Okay feels like and well it feels like it might be right because like a match like this you're like well how is he managing to survive this i mean obviously he's been through a lot of fitness he's been through he's been through a fitness training camp as well so maybe that helped really sort it but like do you know what i mean like there's definitely i feel like i don't know a more of a sense of belief that and that in andy murray that he can just kind of you know rail out here without his body kind of failing him a wee bit like he did last year so um yeah i mean i think he's he's definitely proved over the last two matches that the mental ability sure is for sure is there is there alive and well um 
and yeah, like I think the big the big thing, as you said, Claire, like the big kind of strong start to that tiebreak, that match tiebreak against Berrettini was what won him it. Because yeah, I mean we saw later that Berrettini came back into it, but really Andy's early lead was was the thing that then got him over the line. And uh, yep. Claire, can you, can you talk us through the moment where the, the, the match point obviously where where, uh, right. where Andy got the so, What was that? So was it that? was on it was on Berrettini's serve, right? So it was yeah. nine six. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. I think um, so, yeah. It's on it's on Meritini's serve, but somehow I was like, this is it. This is he's actually he's gonna win it on this point. So I've got my phone out to record it. Mm. So Beritini goes serve, I've hit records, fully expecting that it'd be a rally of some sort yeah. before yeah, they so. hit a blistering winner down the line. That's what I was expecting, right? And then I'm watching so Beritini's and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh. oh my god, he's won! Like that was—it was, it was, this, and, it was and, so anticlimactic. It, yes. it was actually yeah. because no one in the stadium realised it at first. Uh-huh. I think the person to stand up was the guy in front of me. Stood up mm. and he was like, "Shit, he's won!" Um, mm. Because you—it was so minute that you would have missed it if you were watching it on TV. But there was sure. a, a split second of dead silence. In the yes. stadium before people realised yep. what had actually happened, because you saw the you saw the ball hit the cords, and it was mm-hmm. a sort of like, and then yeah, over it went, good. and it was like, oh, oh my god, that's it, it's over. Because yeah. Benetti, mm-hmm. he was in disbelief; he couldn't believe it either. I think Andy was shocked. Yes, and it was yeah. just so it so it wasn't like this. After that match, after that long, arduous back and forth match. For it to end like that was a bit like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely, absolutely. I can imagine. I can imagine the the almost a sire in the stadium of oh, all right, um, because that yeah, I mean that's kind of how it felt. But at the same time, like I like uh, so maybe it wasn't in the stadium, maybe because of that, and uh, I don't know. But like for me, like uh watching on my phone like absolutely shattered at 8 a.m in the morning like i did i did uh, you know and i you know i'll go on to expand on it more again when we talk but i did get a little bit kind of emotional you know because i was like what who like who expected andy murray to still be playing like you know this kind of brand of five set tennis against a top 10 player okay it's not in the top 10 what is he like 12 or 13 in the world like absolutely ridiculous right like and it i don't know it encapsulated a lot of what we have always said about andy murray his kind of attitude his kind of you know willingness to keep going when everyone is telling him that you know he shouldn't and he should give up and it was just i don't know for me i was like uh this is great this is fantastic like this is like this is andy murray right this is a guy that we've recorded how many episodes of a podcast about and um I don't know. I felt like it was a really kind of special win for him, despite the fact he was two sets to love up. And there was part of me that was like, for fuck's sake, Andy, can you have just done it in three? Um, but he couldn't have, right? Because it wouldn't have been Andy Murray if he'd done it that way. If he wouldn't have been Andy exactly. Murray. He'd beaten, a, you know, a, like his first, was it his first um, top 20 victory in a, in a major? I think since 2017. So there was no yeah, way. Yeah, it's was, right. There was no way he was doing it in three sets. So, um. I don't know. I did. I did. I felt like the, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, and at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. He'll probably lose the next round, but it doesn't matter, you know, because that was just such a, you know, a snapshot of, of, of classic Andy, classic Murray. He's beating a huge world-being player. Does not matter if he's too tired in the next round. 
and then the next round happened. <laughs> you know, the, the next I, the next round, I'll just say before we started to go into like real detail on this, sure. I was like honestly thinking, this is all my fault. This is my yeah. fault. I've mm-hmm. done this. I've made this sure. happen because I was so cocky. And yes. I tweeted that I had a 100% records. Yes, right. Yeah. The Australian Open. Mm. He hasn't lost a match that I've been to in person. Yes. And he still hasn't lost a match that I've been to in person. And I was so cocky. Yes. I was so cocky. Mm. And then I went on the radio and I was <laughs> so cocky. Mm. And then I was like, holy shit, this is all my fault. Yes, yes, fair. That's understandable, you know, because let's, Claire Williams. Let's on... talk about Kokonakis. Yeah, well, Claire. So Claire. So what Claire's referring to there, though, guys, is uh, so Claire like went on BBC Radio. Uh, so Claire's the the current Australian Open and a uh, you know go to guru really for for the BBC. <laughs> and, uh, so Claire, Claire, yeah, had we starring role, talked through you know on uh, on 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 the BBC with the Beeb, um, on the radio about her kind of you know her influence and her hundred percent record of watching Andy live and how that's still alive even after Berrettini and um so yeah she 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 did her she did her own week in a press round over there in australia and me and peter are very very uh everyone here at murray muses hq are very very proud of you claire for that um and then you know you went on the radio again today uh which again we'll get to in a moment um but yeah it was i i don't know i don't know but like peter what 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 were you what were you thinking like after that berrettini match did you did you really think he had a chance in this in this second round against I, tenacity yes of course. You think, you I'm think sorry. Like, Tanasi is after, you know, a good year and a half of a, a good stretch of coming back from injury after injury. Like, yeah. his forehand is great. His serve, as we now know, like, is phenomenal. But I was mm. like, Andy's got this. You know, mm. I'm the most optimistic one here. Like, I had to believe. I, I had to will him on. And, of course, Claire being there with her flag and everything, her talisman. Like, well, I, yeah, yeah. I felt yeah. like, you know, it's going to be fine. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. What I will say is I, I arrogantly, arrogantly thought there's no way that Tanasi's good enough for Andy. Uh, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I was wow. so, after, after, after the way he beat Berrettini, yes. I was like, no, there's no way Tanasi doesn't have that same level. And mm. I think, but what I think needs to, what's important to be said, because a lot of, I read a lot of articles and they were like, oh, Tanasi, he's, is he 159 or 149 in the world? Something like that. So they kept on referring to him as world number 150, as if that was like relevant. But see mm. between like 159 and Andy, like what is Andy, 49 in the world just now? Yes, yes. See between the points between that actually isn't a lot. I mean, there could no, only be not, like, there no. could be like 50 points between them. And I think that's totally irrelevant when people talk about that. But I was just like, I was just, I was so convinced after that win over Matteo that the that he would win against Tanasi and that it would be straightforward as well. So like he'll take him. Yeah. So 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 I I think I think that 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 that's a kind of key point that you've made there though. Like I thought that like if he was gonna have a chance. Uh, you know, with his ailing body after a five set, he would need to do it in straight sets. <laughs> yeah. He would need to come out and be super aggressive and just get it done in straight sets, right? Yeah. Um, and 
like of course like even like you know and andy you know he's all he always always talks about loving his fans and um, but also he must kind of hate us as well a little bit because he doesn't you know he, he didn't he didn't do it the straightforward way yet again i, I don't know like Watching the first kind of couple of sets of that match, Claire, like you were obviously there in person. Like, I, 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 I'll say now, like when he lost like the first two sets, I was like, he, he, he's lost, right? Like, come on, Peter. Even though most optimistic man at Murray Music, no, 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 no. Like the third on. set, um, as we all know, we've seen the clip a thousand yeah. times, and it's been all over Twitter of the overheads that he uh, got back. Um, okay. when he was down zero two in the third. I was that like was that's I, I was like this is where he wins the match. Like I literally was like this is the turning really? point. Mm-hmm. Um and and so it was in my opinion and I believe uh our uh, friend Owen from Popcorn Tennis mm, um yeah. he uh said as much some people believe that it was and I was one of the believers. You yeah. you, you you thought okay so okay okay so let's talk that through though. Before that point, Peter, at the start of the third, what were you thinking? I was, I still believed that he could pull out a five-setter. I, I, mean, I really right. did. I mean, you were I right. Really you did. were right. You were right. You were right. For me, for me, and I have, again, I've written about this in a recent article. Please do go check out Self-Promo. Yes, uh, it's Pop-Pop. great. I appreciate that, Peter. Thank you. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I thought it, I thought it was finished. <laughs> like, I, do you know what? Being in the stadium, uh, at that point, no, I'm, I, I'm with Scott on this one. Being yeah, in the stadium at that point, I was like, I think this is over. Like, it's yeah. just, and and I was texting you guys as well right, because yeah. I was so stressed out. I was, mm. I think, I think this, the the support for Tanasi in the stadium was overwhelming. Yes, it was yeah. overwhelming. I was, I was actually, I struggled with it. The start of the, the the end of the second set, I went out to go to the toilet just to kind of like get a break. And then when I came back, I was like, I don't know if I'm mentally ready to go back inside yet. I have to. So I went and sat outside the stadium and watched on the big screen for a little bit because I was like, I don't think I can go back inside yet. And the, the reason why is because I was, it was totally full in my section. I was the only Andy fan in that entire bit mm. it was just tenacity fans all around me and honestly like i mean don't get me wrong the, the aussies are absolutely amazing like they're just the they're just the fanatics you know what i mean they just want to cheer on their guy in the same way that we want to cheer on ours but i was a little intimidated because yeah, for sure. it was they were every the, the noise was deafening and mm-hmm. i was like i don't think i can stand up and like scream for andy right now amongst these because they're no one's going to hear me and also they're all just going to laugh at me my flag draped tied around me and i was like clutching it like it was a prayer shawl mm-hmm. i was like come on you can do this but it was yeah. just insane and at that point i was in such a bad place mm-hmm. i was like i have to sit outside and watch this for a little while because i can't go back in and place myself back in amongst that section that I'm in of all yeah. these tenacity fanatics. Especially I mean, if Andy's gonna if 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 Cor- if Korkinakis is then gonna run away with it, which Yeah. Yeah. Um and then he he went down an early break. Yes. yes. In the third. And I was That's like, oh God, this is this is awful. I think I'm done. I think I'm gonna need to go. I think I don't think I can sit here and 
I don't think I can watch him lose. I, I can't sit amongst these people and watch him lose. Um, and then that's when that game happened and all those overheads and then he, he, he got he got the, the, the point back. Yes. And I was like, oh, agree with Peter. Oh. Here it is. This could be a big turning point. And then my phone battery died. You're right. Yes, yes, yeah. And I was like, shit, I'm, this has now put me in quite a tricky situation because if I don't have a phone, I can't get mm. an Uber home. Yes. If I can't get an Uber home, I have to wait in a taxi queue, which could be like over an hour on my own with no phone. And yes. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know, really know what the Melbourne taxis are like, but my cousins who live out here always say never get a taxi from yeah. like standing in line, always get an Uber. Mm. So I was like, I don't know if I want to get in a taxi and not have a phone. So I can't even text Dan to say I'm in a taxi, I'm on my way back. So I started, I actually started panicking, having like a bit of a kind of middle-aged meltdown, basically. Mm, (laughs) Like, mm, I don't know what I'm going to be doing here. There's, like I mentioned at the start of the show, there's no public transport in Melbourne after 1am, or 1.15, I think was was my last tram. And at this point, it's like 10 to 1. And at this point as well, you're thinking to yourself, this match probably only has another 20 minutes, like realistically. So, right, so so my thought was, what if, right, so he got the break back, which was obviously amazing. Yes. But I was still going through all the scenarios in my head. I'm like, if he loses this third set, like if Tanasi comes back and he loses it, say the set's going to take another 45 minutes, I've still missed my tram. I'll still need to wait among thousands of people to try and get a taxi. And Andy's lost. (laughs) And Andy's lost. Yes. If he wins the third set, what if he wins the fourth? Again, it's still the same situation. Because at that point in my head, I wasn't thinking this could go to five. Tanasi yeah. was playing so, so well that yes. I just couldn't, I couldn't see the fifth set happen. I couldn't, I couldn't, I was manifesting the win, but I couldn't envision that fifth set. So mm. I had to make a decision. I was like, do you go, do you run now, get a tram, hope you don't miss too much and watch the rest at home? Mm. or do you stay here take a risk and not know how you're going to get home and my fear was getting stranded so middle-aged yeah, yeah. fear took over and I mm. bombed it from um, <laughs> from the arena up to the main road where the trams are I yes. got the tram by the skin of my teeth got in and I got in just in time to see the third set tie break begin right right nice. right so, so you were I almost that. wanted to beg you to stay because I was like Claire is the lucky one. Like, what if she leaves and, <laughs> and he loses this set? I was like, are you sure? And you're like, it's like going to be like 50 bucks and getting an Uber and my phone's dying. And I'm like, sure. shit, shit, shit. Excuse yeah, my language. Mean, but I was like, I was on edge. I was like, I mean, that, that's win this, but I, I think Andy's got this. I was actually feeling the opposite, Peter, from you. So I was like, what if... If I, if I am the lucky one, if it's my talisman, what if I need to leave now yeah. for that lot to activate? What if it doesn't oh require me to actually be here? Maybe it's uh-huh. just the power of the flag having been in oh, the stadium. The power of the flag. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, but, see, the, I think it's the flag. It's the flag, right? Because right. the flag was signed by mm-hmm. Andy after mm-hmm. his second round match win 13 years ago on yeah. the Margaret Court Arena. Uh-huh. And that was his second round match on the Margaret Court Arena. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's the flag. Sure. It's no, I mean, flag. that's fair. That's fair, though. That's valid. 
I mean, so like all of this, you know. <laughs> I love how Scott's like, sure, sure, that's valid. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Uh, no, but I mean, like, I mean, that right there, though, like what you've described there, I mean, and we will talk about it because, you know, we're all negative here at Murray Musings HQ uh, about, you know, the, 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 I mean, why were they playing at this time of night? What were they doing? <laughs> Right, so see, see this is the thing. So, like, Belinda right. Benchich's match didn't start until it was about 10 past eight when her right. match started. Yes. Because I believe that the God Saviour, Michael Moe, was on um, playing yes. against Alexander Zverev yes. on Margaret Court prior to that match. That obviously went on. Mm. So, Benchich didn't start until 10 past nine. And that yeah. was a long first set mm. between Benchich and Claire Lou. Mm. And I really wanted Claire Lou to win, but also I was like, Hurry the I fuck think up. this is going to get, <laughs> can we just get it over with, please? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was that was a two-set match, but that was still like an hour and 50 minutes was, or yeah, so. And then there was, a, there was a break, and it was 20 past 10 yes. before Andy and Tanasi even started. Yeah, yeah, which, like, yeah, I mean, and it's, you know what, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Andy. You know, uh, and again, like we'll, we'll 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 talk about this more afterwards. But it was it was just that sense. It's like because Andy's obviously now you know criticised it quite a lot. Like why were they out there? And rightfully so. Like you know why were they out there? You can totally tell though that like in like Craig Tiley said to him in the record, he's just like yeah, Andy. But if you just fucking lost in straight sets, it would have been oh, like, all <laughs> like, well, Did you see you know, what? If you just, if you just lost in straights, it would have been fine. Did you see what? <laughs> did you see what uh, Sitsipas said about it? Uh-uh. Yeah, he was like, this very said, I don't think it's a problem. I think they started at a fine time. 20 past 10. Yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. started at a fine time. Andy made it long. Andy made it long. <laughs> Tenassi made it long. Actually, Tenassi didn't make it long. Tenassi could have had it wrapped up. Andy Tenassi. did make it long. But it was yeah. the way it was the way Steph said it. No, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a classic. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, we'll talk, we could talk more about that. But I mean, let's talk about the fact that Tenassi served for the match in the third set to take it in straight sets and couldn't get it done, couldn't finish it. Like, absolutely like i don't know i don't know peter what were you thinking at that point when tenacity is serving for the match in the third set like even you peter must have thought this might be it no i blacked out oh you blacked out by that point you were shattered by that point (laughs) yeah 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 no 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 i was i was still up um but i i I was just like you know praying to the tennis gods i was like okay you know this will be fine everything's fine (laughs) Everything around me is burning, but I mean, got this. Uh, I mean, he did. I mean, you were right again, Peter. The, the the prayers to the gods were right, and I think I don't know. Just the more the match went on, like I guess you just felt like Andy. I don't know. Like we can talk about is like how his movement is so much different. How like his yeah, kind of so much the better. ball is so much different than it was last year. Like, backhand is so much better. I don't know. I don't know what Landel has done in the off season. Even Landel is coach, but. Whatever it is, he just he's, needs to... He's done a Lendl. He's just we, Lendl doing Lendl weave, things. Weaving the web, weaving the web, weaving the web. And it's, I don't know, it was just, like, to, 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 to see it happen, to see him save, you know, save himself from, like, the jaws of defeat quite literally in that third set. And then, you know, drag himself through a fourth set. Uh, Tanasi, obviously, like, it, with his youth, uh, you, you would think had more energy. Um, but just to 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 try and kind of like 
I don't know. Trying to encapsulate those two sets to bring it back to two sets all was just. I. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know what was like. How do you? How do you even describe the last three sets of that match? I. I don't know if you can because it was just. I don't know. I genuinely found myself lost for words at times because like yeah, some of the parts there were just so quintessentially Andy that it was just and like it's also you know what though as well and at, at this point I need to say and I'm sure it's been happening with you guys as well because you guys have been tweeting Claire you were obviously there so um, for, for me it feels like you know these two matches for me it more people are talking about Andy Murray now uh, than I've talked about Andy Murray in forever like almost yeah, to the that it reminds me a little bit of his kind of Wimbledon triumphs like I've heard more people around me more people have been messaging me like casual fans like you know very casual tennis fans who are friends of mine have been messaging me being like have you seen this uh you know people on you know Twitter like Facebook like when I when people when I'm friends with on Facebook or like posting statuses on Facebook about Andy Murray it's kind of when you know like yeah and it just feels like Andy with these two matches has pushed himself back into like a public you know consciousness he's trending worldwide on twitter he's like you know uh, because he's managed to kind of drag himself back into relevancy it feels uh, to a a certain extent because i feel like a lot of people especially in the last few years have been like yeah okay he's a bit of a has-been though right like he's you know he's been he's been to the top and now he's kind of on the way down and with these two huge enormous ridiculous wins he's kind of just made himself kind of front center page headline news to the extent that they're not asking uh, a woman who does an Andy Murray podcast to come on the radio and talk about him. Like, what is, like... No, it's so wild. <laughs> just feels like he's now, you know, relevant in that way again. And it also reminds me, Claire, of us having a conversation at the Battle of the Brits with uh, Carradine, who covers the... Um, uh, who covers Andy for... Yes. For Scotland. And we asked him, are you going to be there at the Australian opening? He was like, I don't think I'm going to be there because the BBC aren't willing to send me there thinking that, you know... Andy he's only going to go out in the first round. Yeah. He's not going to have an impact there. He's not going to... And I wonder, I just wonder, and I know we're only in the second round and I know Andy, you know, could feasibly lose in the third round tomorrow. Um. But, like, there's part of me that thinks BBC must be like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, the BBC still have someone out there. They still have someone there for sure. But Yeah, so like, Russell Fuller is there. But obviously yes. Russell's covering, well, now there's only, only you know, yeah. there's, there's only Dan Evans and, and Andy now um, mm-hmm. left in the singles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, like, they might be like, oh, damn it. Is, so part of me wonders, like, is is Keradine's loss my gain? Is that why they've been asking me to come on the radio? Right, maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, but I think that like even the media attention on Andy has wavered a lot in the last yeah. kind of year, the last kind of couple of years. You know, yeah, people have asked us like, "What are you doing an Andy Murray podcast for?" Because like you know, he's 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 done right. He's not at that kind of peak of his career anymore. And it, I don't know. For me, it just like this. These two matches. It's only been two matches of one tournament. And he's just reminded everyone of why he is Andy Murray and why you, yeah. know, you know he hasn't retired yet and why he kind of is still playing the game. And I, I and I do think that this, you know, again, you know, if he does lose tomorrow, which of course he's not going, he to, won't. But if he does, no, he won't. That, no, but he won't. No, but if he, no, but if he does, right, it it will not matter because he's 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 I don't know. It feels like this is him back, right? Like yes. he's, he's not going to go forward with. A huge amount of confidence having won these matches. A, whole, a huge amount of confidence yes. in his physicality, in his kind of fitness, and his kind of game as well. Like, 
that you know that he can that, that he can carry that he can kind of hold up over long long matches like mm-hmm. these are two matches that he's played what uh, to the equivalent of just less than 10 hours 10 hours let's say 10 hours no more than 10 more than 10 more than, like that more than yeah, 10 yeah, yeah more than 10 quite correct yeah more than 10 so it's like best of three sets andy like you can do that and you sleep now like yeah. do you know what i mean like you should be um and i don't know like Madness, absolute madness that he then goes and beats Kokonakis from two sets down. I, yeah. I don't, but, but not only that, in two sets and five two down in the thirds, just, just, just like crazy. That's the thing. Like the, that, that, that five two down in the thirds. Mm. Yeah, mm. that was amazing. And we do need to talk insane. more about the point that you pointed out, though, Peter, the the, the turning point. Like we, we need to talk about that a little bit because that so many people like more again more people than uh, it's happening years have been tweeting about that like celebrities mm-hmm. are coming out like Andy Murray what uh, you know uh, like what is this like how is he still doing this what is going on here like because and I think my favorite part of it the point is great obviously but Andy's reaction at the end when he wins it when he's like oh come on it looks you know riling up the crowd like like the old days right guys uh-huh. this is what it feels like Andy takes us back to the old days. Uh, of of the highlight of his of his career, his reactions, his kind of engagement with the fans, you know, I don't know. It, it genuinely, it's like it, it's getting me kind of emotional even just talking about it a wee bit. Like I don't know, like how you guys feel about it, but it, uh, you know, I I don't know. We're only in the second round. We're only in the third round now. But like it, two matches and Andy's like, you know what? I'm still here, right? So I don't know. I don't know how he does it, guys. I don't know how he does it, but I'd like to see more of it. In a few hours' time, if possible, you will see more of it, Scott. <laughs> Scott, I, I genuinely don't do this I to feel, us. I really feel it. So I said this before. I said this before his match against Mateo. Mm. He's due the win against yes. Mateo because a lot of people were saying to me, like, mm, I mean, come on, it's Berrettini. I was like, I know yeah. that. I know it's Berrettini, but he's due the win against Berrettini. No one. He's not going to let this guy beat him again. And I wanted revenge. Yeah. Yes. Same goes for RBA. He is due a win. My, it, it, so, so like he he beats Kokonakis. Let's briefly like finish the discussion on Kokonakis, and then we'll talk more about RBA. But like, so he beats Kokonakis, and then he has his interview on court. Did you guys watch the 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 interview he did on the court? Yes. Can we talk? Yes. <laughs> and he's absolutely pasted. I don't know. I feel so sorry for him as well because he fucking kept on asking him. The guy kept. Talking to him, yeah, I know. And Andy's just like, mate, I've, I've given you, I've given you a funny <laughs> line, like funny. That was funny. That's where the interview should have ended. Yeah, it should have. Um, yeah, like it should have. And, and like, Andy's just kind of like, I need to go to bed. I need, <laughs> I need to, to go, go to, to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I also yeah, I also need to pee. <laughs> oh, just iconic. I mean, we can talk about that as well. By the way, the the toilet rule when Andy's ranting at the umpire. Like, did you guys see that? Like, and you know what I mean. Like, it's fair enough because yeah, fair enough if you've used up your your allocation of what one freaking toilet break. Yes. Once mm-hmm. you go into a fifth set, they should be allowed to have like another five minutes where they can right okay on you go because isn't there something is, is it not like is it at the US Open where if they go into the fifth they've got like five minutes to run have a shower I thought so yeah I'm sure there's what there's a tournament that if you go into the fifth set you have got five minutes or ten minutes between the sets sure, to go yeah. and pee grab mm. something to eat 
have a mm. quick shower because I've heard that Andy's done an on-court interview and they've asked him what did you do in that time he's like I had a shower I went to the toilet it was just a number one you know do you know what I mean like I've heard them yes, say that yes, yes and yes. so what I have noticed as well is in Australia between sets two and three they're allowed to take their stuff and go inside because that's what happened against Mateo and that's when Mateo came out a different player mm. that's what happened against Tanasi and Andy came out a different player yes so I don't understand why they do it between sets two and three because they're going to play three sets at least anyway. Yes, we, yeah, we do surely they would. Chat, they, it makes sense to let them have it between four and five. Yeah, it's yep. good. Yeah, yeah. That, Especially that, when it's five o'clock in the freaking morning. That would that, that that would make too much sense though uh, for a tournament. That's very true. Yes, playing at that time. Um, it's like all the suggestions that Jamie Murray's been making recently about like only being one night match and, and making yeah. more t- more use of the daytime and what have you. I mean that's that's far too logical. Jamie's I think there should not be a tournament director. So Jamie's got no idea what I think, I, I think I, I think, think that'll that's solve right. it. I think yeah. that's right. Like a cur- a curfew at some point. Maybe like well, three, see, three see, AM, right? That's ridiculous enough. <laughs> fair, fair enough like on fair enough on Thursday night the day matches did run on but they, yes. they ha- also had a lot of catching up to do on Thursday from matches that were all postponed on Tuesday and Wednesday. So Thursday was, I think Thursday was quite an exceptional day in terms yeah. of trying to get tennis back on schedule, yeah. get everything yeah. back on track. But in general, they have had, you know, the, the, the day sessions on Rod Laver Market Court have been finishing at like 5pm, 5.30, and then they've mm-hmm. got this two-hour gap before the night session starts. And it's like, you could be playing a match yeah. in that time. But do you, yeah. do you know what it is? It's the whole day session, night session thing. That annoys me. Just yeah. have just have a day. Just have your 10 starting at 11 mm-hmm. and have it going right through. You don't need to do it, but it's all about the money, isn't it? Like yeah. a day session, night session means you get to sell two loads of tickets. And uh, like, you know what though, as well, like, like as much, as much as I do think it's ridiculous and as much as I do think it's stupid and as much as I think they shouldn't be playing and as much as I agree with Andy and as much as, you know, it's, it's just ludicrous. I do kind of agree with what Sitsipas was trying to articulate, which I think is what he was trying to say was, uh, it's moments, it's matches like these, like we're, we're talking, like, it's always going to be remembered. It's, it's going to like, yeah, that part, yeah. It's, it's going to be remembered, of course, it's going to be remembered for the tennis, but it is also going to be remembered as just the, for the ridiculousness, like of the match and the time and the you know the atmosphere, despite all of the issues that come with it. It's going to be one of the most famous matches of Andy Murray's entire career. For but that, also, it would still have been one of the most famous matches of his career if it had started at five in the afternoon and going on until 10 30 at night like i would i, what, I would what people, i would i would agree with that yes what but, people will remember about this and what people will be talking about before they talk about the actual epic match is did you see that match that didn't finish until 4 15 in the morning sure 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 and i and i That's get that the first too. thing that people are talking too. about is the time rather than the match yes for sure for sure and let's I bring it too, back to the tennis yeah, yep. no, it is, it is right, it is right. I just love the kind of storyline of playing through. Oh, you the love night. the drama, Scott. You love playing, the drama. It's Andy. Scott playing, loves drama. What? Andy, Andy <laughs> playing. Hey, listen right here. It, there's nothing more Andy Murray than coming back from two sets to nothing down. 
through exactly. the of the entire night. And that's why he had to believe Scott. At 4 a.m. in the morning. And that is why he reminded he, – and he's reminded me this week to believe in Andy yes. Murray. So um, just, just outrageous that he gets it done in the end, the way that he does. He comes on the court afterwards and goes, yeah, which we all that, love as well. My God, that was that's incredible. Like absolutely outrageously like unbelievable like i was actually watching it with a friend of mine um who she never um she she never watched an andy murray match before in fact she barely knew the rules of tennis um however like when he when he came on the court and screamed at the end and i was because i knew he was going to do it like of course we all knew he was going to come on the court and he was going to react exactly like he did by like letting out an absolute roar of exhaustion really um, and she was like, does he do that after every match? I was like, yeah, just these kind of matches. <laughs> just these kind of matches that have a special little something. Uh, he usually just comes on in like fist bumps or something. But um, it was, I don't know, just an Andy Murray like moment in time, you know, that he, he manages to craft another one of them. Um, which leads us on now to what he does now, right? Uh against a player like RBA. I'm not going to lie, guys. He needs to He needs to win this in straight sets. I know I've said it before, but, like, come on. <laughs> come it would on. be good. But, like, on, I mean, on, for the drama, Scott, you know you want something else. Well, give me, give, give me another five-setter, Peter. Is that what you're saying? I no, I don't want another five-setter. I don't I have the time for that. Four. Yeah, I, I'm have thinking four. For five, I think I'll probably die. Yeah. Um, but at least it's a seven o'clock start. So if it does exactly. go to five, you know. Uh, but I, I think um, I've got a feeling it might be four. My issue is RBA's game, right? So shall we briefly talk about it? The fact that that man just runs and fucking runs and fucking runs and fucking runs and fucking runs and fucking. Runs. Yeah, but have you seen the way Andy Murray's been running these past yeah, right. two matches? Okay, okay, okay. So can the we? The thing is, say- he's a brick can wall, we- but Andy, I think. Can penetrate okay. that now. Can we have a quick look? Can we have a quick look? How's RBA's route been so far? Did he? How do you know? Hold on, like, let, let he, me look and see. Has he? Uh, because before we saw, oh, you know, but Andy's been moving well. He yeah. um had a five setter against Brandon Holt. You are right. He did. Round. He did. He did. He did. Although his, in fact, yeah, he came back from two sets to left down. Wow, so he did. Yeah. Um, Hasn't done it twice, though, and that looks like a more easy last three sets than Andy had it. <laughs> six, three, six, two, six, two. So I I think Andy needs to be hyper-aggressive, right? That's oh, yeah. To, can't afford to rally too much with RBA because... No. I like, because, I mean, okay, so if we're going to look at it from an actual, like, factual standpoint, uh, uh, you know, Berrettini and Kokonakis, two big, big hitters with a forehand, two big servers. Two players that aren't huge, huge ralliers. RBA, entirely different breed, like yep. entirely different yep. breed of player. So Andy needs to play different. He can't, he yep. can't, he can't be getting into rallies, guys. Like he can't do that, like with RBA, especially not in the condition that he will likely be in. So uh, if it's going to be four, I'll take four two. I'll take four as well. I'll take four sets, Andy. I'll, mm. I'll be optimistic. Yep. Uh, in this, this Australian Open's made me believe. Let's do, let's do, let's do four set Andy win. Let's do a four yep. set Andy. I will say though, I think Annie needs to win first set. I think Annie oh, needs yeah. to win to, to start to, off to, good. Yeah, I believe. Um, I I'm just concerned. Like his last few 
like what his match against RBA last time they played in a three uh, a best of three setter last year. I feel like it did not go. Yeah. So they're the head to head is three against three, and the last three has been RBA. But I mean that's post metal hip. So yeah. I mean you can't fault him for that. I don't think. No. And I mean the 2019 match was a five setter. So. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I Claire, you're going to be there for it again or no? I am. I am. I'm, I am indeed. And because it's an earlier start, there'll be no panicking of me trying to get home unless it becomes a seven hour match, in which case I'll have my phone <laughs> charger with me. So I'll be able so to book we'll, an Uber. It's all going to be okay. fine. So, so actually, we don't even need to discuss like if he's going to win because he is. Because Claire should he be is there. Win. Exactly. I mean, he is going to win. Exactly. I mean, he is going to win. I'm taking the magic flag with me. He's going to we... win. Are we, are we, okay, so again, if we're believing, if we're talking, like, you know, ridiculousness, like, his draw's opened up. His draw's opened up here if he beats RBA. Like, his draw is just blown wide out of, you know, all proportion. Nadal's out, you know. Uh, if, he beats, if, he beats RBA, mm. if he beats RBA, if he beats RBA, I am quite confident that he's going to make it to... I mean, right, so in my bracket, sure. I had Andy making it to the quarterfinals. Yes. And going out to Rude in the quarterfinals, right? Yeah. So now, yeah, Rude's not. If he beats anything. RBA tonight, I'm quite confident we're going to see Andy in the semi-finals at least. Oh, at least. <laughs> I even before the RBA match, I was like, okay, you know, there's RBA. But so then I, there's five Americans who are left in his bottom uh, half. Right. And so, I mean, he's at an 80% win rate against so, all Americans. Okay. So I'm sorry to the Americans. I'm an American. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but he can win against all of them. So, so, so that's interesting um, that you're both saying semi-final because I know who he plays if he reaches the semi-final on paper. Do you guys know who he plays if he reaches the semi-finals on paper? Like if is it if, like if, Tom Paul or Brooksby? Is it not Novak Djokovic? Oh, semi-finals. I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm looking. I'm wise, I before. guess you could yes. say that, but yes. I mean, yes. anybody else could beat him. Yeah, and uh, before the semis. I adore that we're like somebody. There's like, Rublev. Somebody's going to beat Novak before the semis rather than beat Listen. Anything can happen, Scott. Anything can happen. Don't yeah. write off Grigor Dimitrov today because he's today, been playing pretty well. That's a big match. It's a big match. I um, Yeah. Okay. You know what? You, you're, you're, you guys are quite right on this, to be honest with you. Like, because, I mean, again, this week has just made me uh, rejuvenated. It's made me into an optimist, Peter. Can you believe that? Me? I love it. Because like what Andy has done this week is beyond like the man has a metal hip. Have we mentioned the man has a metal hip? Like we mentioned that. Have we mentioned no, no one's actually no one has mentioned that at all since he started. I don't think anyone's mentioned that. So I think it's important that we mention it. It just I mean, it just beggars belief, like what he's done and what he is currently doing. So it's like 
I mean, sure, let's be RB and force it. Sure, let's win whoever. Like, in fact, fuck it. At this point, like, let's win the. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if he wins the Australian Open? Like, can yep. you I can imagine it. If he wins the whole fucking title. Guys? Well, I've been imagining Andy winning the Australian Open since 2010. So, like, I can imagine it easily. And people <laughs> might be people might be sitting here right now listening to this tomorrow after the RBA match and laughing at what we're saying right now. For a few they different would. reasons. For a no, few they'll be different. laughing because they're like, oh my God, I can't believe how accurate these guys are. Uh, yeah, because he's, he, and he's just one in four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, what the Yeah, yeah, that'll be happening. That'll be happening. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, maybe it will happen. Maybe it's going to take place and it's actually going to, it, because we've all been waiting for a tournament like this. We've been waiting for a I'm moment. telling you, I'm telling you, see, in everything, in every walk of life, 35 is a great vintage. Andy's, Andy's in his vintage year. You're right, He's in you're a, right. It's a great vintage. So why not, eh? Why not? We've all, been, we've all been saying, give us a second week of a major. Give us a second week of a major, Andy. Win this next match and give us another second week of a major. Because that's where we want to see. You know, this would, be, this would be first time in the second week of a major since 2017. Yep. Just fucking give it to us. Just fucking just hand it to us. He, want, he wants it. I think he can taste it. He can because he was, so back, he was back at Melbourne Park. Eight hours after finishing that match, but to be getting on the gym, getting on the practice court again—that's yeah. how dedicated that man is right now. Like to, 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 to some sort of a career renaissance period that he's now in. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know, I don't know, Claire. You're literally going to go see him in a few hours. I can't believe that you're yeah. going to be doing. This. Yeah. You're going to be, be there. I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going into town with my husband to do a bit of shopping. He wants to go to. There's like a big sports street in Melbourne he wants to go there and then mm-hmm. from there I will be going straight to Melbourne Park nice. just un fucking believable that Claire is going to be there Claire's actually going to be there watching Andy Murray yet again for the third match in a row and it, she's going to watch him win she is going to watch him win I believe I believe that yep and gonna... after after tonight um I mean I the, the tickets are getting more and more expensive each time so if right. there is anyone out there who can help hook me up <laughs> With tickets for next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, otherwise, yeah. I'm going to be as soon as I get back to Scotland, I'm going to be eating beans on toast all sure. with my children and my husband and for the next remor- six months. Remortgaging your house, yeah, yeah. Remortgaging uh, your house. Remortgaging your house. Back up in the mortgage. Um. So yes, absolutely. If anybody can who clear up, please do let her know because Andy is going to win tomorrow, so we know that. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, I, the one thing, one other thing I want to add here before we, because I feel like we're going to be wrapping up. This episode's going to be just over an hour and it's going straight up because fuck editing at this time of night when Andy's playing. Yeah. And like, it's the air. Um, I, I, it's something that I really kind of wanted to, I was going to tweet about it the other day because I tweeted about everything, Andy, um, but I didn't in the end. And I want to highlight it because I think it's super, super important at this stage as well of his career and of the tournament as well uh, is that in a, his press conference after his first round match against Berrettini um, he got asked a question by journalists and I thought it was a really interesting question but his answer was more telling I think because um, he got asked by the journalist he was like uh, Andy uh, you know you almost retired at this event four years ago you know I, you know, you were crying in press conference and like you thought your career was over and um, you know, winning a match like this tonight, were you thinking, like, what were what were your thoughts? Like, were you, was there any point when you were out there on the court that 
you know, you, you thought back uh, even towards the end of that match when when it looked like you you when you knew you were going to win it or you felt like you were going to win it. Was there any moment where you were thinking back to 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 that moment and you know how far you've come and that kind of journey and things like that? You know, um, his answer was super. It was very very short, quite quite a short and simple answer, and it mm-hmm. was uh, something along the lines of uh, no no there was no point that he was thinking back and um, he was like i got asked a similar question uh, this time last year before he played his first match or after he played his first match against basilishvili um which he won in four sets i think or maybe five i can't remember um and he was like i thought about it i thought it i think it was four i think it was four uh, and he was like i uh, and he was like i thought about it last year uh, a little bit and i answered that at the time um but now now, when I was out there on the court, I was just focusing on getting it done and focusing on the future and focusing on like each individual point. And I think as much as all of us, as lo- much as Muzzafam, as much as we all like to like look back and as much as it's cool to be like, you know, look at the, like, look how far he's came. Look at this journey that he's been on recently. Andy Murray right now is like looking forward and being like, right, how do I improve? How do I get better? How do I move forward? Yeah. That is the period yeah. that we're at now is. Yep. Yes, he's been through all this shit in the last kind of couple of years, and we're going to talk about that, of course, because it's an emotional time for us. But for Andy, it's like let's fucking the time, the heart. That's I let's totally let's out. not look back at any of the shit. I don't yes. think about what happened in the past year. Absolutely, which I think is super, super important, and it, I think is a demonstration of how he has done now what he's done in these last two matches. Because yeah, I, I don't think he could do that while he was also being like, oh, can you imagine? Like oh, that was here two years ago, like almost like that. And so it's like, yeah, he can't do that. He's focused on getting through the next few matches, and that's why I think he will win his match today in a few. Yes, hours. yes, yes. yes. I think he's going to win. I think he is too. And we're going to be recording another episode, uh, this time tomorrow night, celebrating it. Uh, no, we won't, but we will definitely record another episode at some point for sure. Um, any last kind of comments that we want to add at all? Or are we good to wrap up this episode of Murray Musings? Claire, you're there. You, you, want to, you want to say anything? I just want to say how much fun the Australian Open is in general. Like it is, mm-hmm. it's with the exception of the ridiculous um, match times and the scheduling. Mm-hmm. If you ever get the chance to get over to Australia, go to the Australian Open, please do it because it's so much fun. It's a massive, massive area, um, yeah. and it's so fan friendly, so kid friendly. Like it's a, it's a really, really great place to be. And I'm saying this in the hope that Craig Tiley might listen in and um, give me some free tickets. <laughs> No, not really. Oh wow, wow. Sorry, so sorry, is this after after earlier where we installed the schedule and no, didn't mean that, Greg. It's like if you if you ever get the chance to come over here and go to the Australian Open, please do it. It's it's amazing. Cool. We will keep that in mind, Claire. We will keep that in mind. And Andy's gonna win. Yes, and Andy's the going to win. Of course. Yeah. Well, the thing. He'll be left home. I wanna say um, yell loudly for him for us, no matter yeah. if there's Spaniards around. Mm, absolutely get it done get it done well, yeah. well Owen, Owen has just texted me to say that he's thinking of buying a ticket from MCA tonight and he's like do you mind if I sit near you I'm like please do yeah. I need all the emotional support I can get so yeah it needs to happen it needs to happen get Owen sitting next to you he'll, he'll be he's, he's converted by the way he said yes. that he was previously just kind of cheating for Andy because of the three of us but he mm. is he is on board the muddy train now yes Absolutely, no doubt, yeah. no doubt about it. I'm uh, certified Muzzafam Owen. Yeah. Uh, Owen. Um, 
Yeah, the, the very final thing I will say before I then give a give, give an outro is um big up to the uh to 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 everyone listening because uh, there is absolutely no chance in hell that uh you know uh, Claire would have been getting on the radio and uh you know like we would have been kind of interviewing the people that we did last year and uh you know but if if it wasn't for you guys I, I and again I think we've all in the kind of like past few uh, few days um just through our tweets and because of Andy had more kind of you know engagement on the on the podcast side of things and more kind of like uh t- t- Twitter engagement more people following us on Twitter um, and a big part of that is because of Andy, but it's Andy's fans as well. Like, and those are the people who are listening to us right now. So um, it's been a while since we recorded an episode, uh, you know, scheduling and stuff like that. So this is our first episode and Claire is live in Australia. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're having a good start to the year. So let's keep that going. Um, and yeah, follow us along, guys. We're covering Andy, everything Andy in the next kind of few weeks. Um, when he's left holding the trophy at the end of it, remember this conversation remember this episode uh when we said that it was going to happen and on that note let's wrap up the first episode of murray musings for 2023 uh thank you all very much for listening um get ready to celebrate andy winning his third round match in a few hours time um He's been Claire. Uh, he's been Claire. He's been Peter. Sorry. Uh, he's been Peter. Sorry, I'm very tired. It's half 12. Uh, he's been Peter. She's been Claire. Live in Australia. About to watch Andy again. And I have been Scott. Thank you very much, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you've been listening to the Murray Musings podcast. Mm-hmm.